Hello and welcome to the Real Life Business Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Markwick, a business coach and money mentor to the busy business mum looking to find more confidence, clarity and calm amid this crazy thing we call life. Now, once you're done listening here, be sure to head on over to my socials at clairemarkwick.reignite and let me know what you've loved about this episode. But right now, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Real Life Business Podcast. And this week I am joined by the wonderful Lisa Marie for an exciting conversation focusing on some of the things that we don't always talk about, but yet I am confident that every single one of us listening in will have had some kind of um, experience of. Now, Lisa is a relationship and anxiety coach helping women who are fed up with mediocre relationships to turn them around. And I've invited her onto the show to chat to us about how we can ensure we have healthy relationships around us and not put ourselves in situations that pull us down and drain our energy. So welcome, Lisa. It's great to have you. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here with you today. Awesome. Now, I am pretty confident that everybody listening in has at some point or another experienced the situation where someone near and dear to them, so a partner, a parent, a sibling, a best friend, has expressed something about their business or the way they're doing something that's meant with love, but it's not always received that way. You know, like, are you sure that's a good idea? Or wouldn't it be better if, or have you thought about, shouldn't you be focusing on those sorts of things? So I would love in this conversation to deep dive into how we handle situations like that. But before we do, let's find out a bit more about you. I'd love to know a bit more about your background and how you came to be doing what you are right now. Awesome. Thank you so much. So as you said, I do work predominantly with women in their relationships and helping them to overcome anxiety. So this is a, like, it just has such a major impact, the relationships that we have with those around us and how that impacts us in everything that we do in our life. So it's our responsibility to understand the role that we play in our relationships and how we're having an impact. And there's so much that we can do as an individual to transform our relationships. And it's starting by transforming ourselves, our belief systems, our understandings of our triggers and how we respond to things and coming up with new ways of responding and better ways of communicating to mm-hmm. make those relationships around us much more positive. Yeah, I love, I think it's so important, isn't it? Because we, we're like, you know, they, they, they say we're the average of the five people we hang around with and, and, and energy is infectious. So if we've got people around us who are, I guess, constantly um, draining our energy or, you know, are sort of sucking the, the life out of us, so to speak, it can, it can really impact how we feel about ourselves and how we therefore operate on a day-to-day basis, isn't it? So you can see how important it is to be really focusing on our relationships, as you say, both with ourselves and with everybody uh, around us. Is this something that you've always, always done or is it, have you, have you come from a, a, a corporate background? Like what's, tell us a bit about you. So my background actually in hairdressing, that was my trade. And then I went on to university to do psychology and social work. Mm. And working with women generally, I just found that there was definitely um, different themes that were coming up in their life. And they were struggling to understand how they found themselves in situations that were uncomfortable or not where they're wanting to be. So I really started to hone in on this 
to understand what was going on for the woman. How was she attracting these things into her life? Mm. And how does she get herself out of this to create something more that she's wanting? So we all hear of, or we've all got that one friend that continues to attract a relationship where maybe she gets cheated on or where she's treated poorly. And her friends can see it and her family can see it, but she's in that cycle and she's not, she doesn't have the tools to get out of it. She doesn't have the tools to understand what she needs to do to create a change. And that's where I become really passionate about helping women with this, because sometimes it is difficult to find ourselves in a situation where we're, we become aware of it, but we don't really know how to get ourselves out of it. So that's what I do with women. I give them the tools, that self-awareness to start creating something different for themselves. Yeah, I can't, I can't begin to express like how powerful that is like I, I'm just imagining you know even you know the, the, you gave the example there of finding that you constantly someone might constantly um fall for someone who ends up cheating on them and it can be really easy to think that that's just um that's just the partner's fault the whole time though they're the ones that go on and cheated they're the ones that go to but we don't necessarily realize the what's the word we don't necessarily realise the part that we're playing ourselves, do we? And and I find that fascinating. I feel, yeah, I think- absolutely. So to every relationship we have, we co-create with them. So it's never all one person's fault and it's never all one person's responsibility. We're always continuing to co-create our experiences with other people and that might be our intimate relationship, our friendships, And what we often find is how we're treated in one relationship, we're often treated a similar way in other relationships. So are we lacking boundaries? Are we being submissive? Are we being overpowered or are we being overpowering? And that can play out in many areas of our life. Yeah, yeah. So I know that something that has come up a lot in um, in client sessions, personally, and just general conversation is that when when we have so we, we might not be as extreme as, um, you know, our partner cheating on us, for example, but, you know, it might be a reoccurring theme that keeps coming up a reoccurring argument or a reoccurring conversation or a reoccurring pattern that we we're noticing. So maybe even let's step back, of, uh, let's step back from there, because I'm saying you know we might notice a reoccurring pattern but even like to to somebody to somebody listening in they might be like what the hell is she talking about (laughs) so how can we start to recognize if there might be elements of our relationships even with ourselves with our partners with our family members that might need some attention yeah perfect so you're right it's the really simple little things it's understanding where am I triggered am I triggered by someone saying something to me Am I triggered by somebody else's behavior? And it might be our partners not doing the tasks we want them to do. It might be our children responding with a tantrum. And, you know, we can never control the behavior of those around us. But what we're able to control is our response to them. Mm. And this is the most important thing. So how am I responding? What am I making this situation mean? Yeah. And understanding ourselves there at a deeper level because sometimes say if our partner doesn't empty the dishwasher and that's what we really want them to do I could then perceive that as they're not supporting me they're not appreciating what I do they're taking me for granted they don't love me and 
Do you know my love language might be that it's acts of service. I actually want my partner to do those chores and that makes me feel loved. So then when it's not done, I feel like there's love not given to me or taken away from me. And this is what's really important to understand because then in arguments, they get blown way out of proportion because I've made that mean something so much more than the dishwasher still being full. When my partner might be doing whatever she's doing and she's had no, she hasn't even thought about it. It's not important to her. So we need to get on the wavelength and we need to have those discussions and we need to talk about the trigger, not the response, but the trigger. I'm triggered here because I feel unloved and I feel unappreciated, not how I've responded, because when we work on the trigger, we can then resolve it. There's always an underlying reason that we feel a certain way and anger comes up in relationships anger is always a secondary emotion below anger there's always something much more vulnerable and that's what we need to explore what is actually going on here for me not the anger outburst not whatever's happened it's what's happening below that and when we can be vulnerable with ourselves to explore that it allows us to be vulnerable in our relationships when we are vulnerable in our relationships, we can connect on a much deeper level. We can work through problems together instead of separately. We can break down the defences and understand what each party is experiencing because when we're in our head, we go, no, I'm right, you're wrong, you should have done this, when it just helps, it doesn't resolve anything. Mm. When we come back to our heart and go, I'm hurt, that made me feel hurt. Okay, what can I do? And we can connect to their heart then and actually have a more soulful conversation rather than a blame defensive conversation. Yeah, that's really, I think that's really powerful, isn't it? it it's, it's, well, I think at the very um, core of it, it's having a conversation rather than a shouting match across the kitchen, isn't it? Um, it it's like you say, there's so much more to it than just unpacking the dishwasher so I think that's is that then the first step that somebody has to take if we if we find we're getting um triggered or feeling angry or feeling frustrated over and over and over and over again by little things whether it be the same little thing like unpacking the dishwasher or little comments or money conversations or whatever it is that is feedback to us to go okay what's going on underneath this because this isn't about my kid's not unpacking the dishwasher or my partner not unpacking the dishwasher. Yes, okay, I'm frustrated with that on the surface, but that's actually feedback to me that there's something deeper going on. With that, is that like the first warning sign, if you like, that we can we need to start digging deeper into something else? Yeah, absolutely. And what we find is the trigger persists. So if it annoys us once, it annoys us twice, and it continues and it becomes, you're not doing this, I want you to do this, I've asked, why don't you do it? And yeah, it's about really looking at it in a different light. And it's about understanding, do you know, what's really going on for us? And a lot of women, do you know, after we have children and we are balancing work and doing other things, we can become quite controlling and we can become quite, I need it done a certain way so I can relax. I need it done this way before I can relax or any of those things, or I need this to be clean. I need this to be tidy. And 
um, that can just simply be a control thing too. So mm. why am I needing to control all of this and what everyone's doing? Is that to make me feel safe and secure? Or is it, what is it? And the, the cleanliness and the control and the needing things done a certain way generally is an anxiety response. So most of us experience anxiety and a lot of us, have high-functioning anxiety where we can actually make it useful in our life by doing things like that, having the control, making sure things are done a certain way. So when we can become more flexible, we can let more things go and we can understand what are the priorities of my partner or my children? What are my priorities? Why are they my priorities? Mm. And what can I do to understand them? as well I need to understand myself but I also need to understand them again like that's a that's massive as well isn't it because we in our heads we can just make out that you know the whole the whole world potentially revolves around us and why can't everyone see why can't my partner see why can't my kids see that you know we'll keep with the analogy of the dishwasher that the dishwasher has to be unpacked before we cook dinner because it's just it just makes sense you know like there are there are elements of me when you were talking then that was going oh god you know like I I like the dishwasher unpacked before I cook dinner because that means that all the breakfast stuff and all the lunch stuff can come off the benches and can go into the dishwasher and then we start dinner again with a clean slate so where's the where's the balance do you think where's the balance between this is this is like anxiety playing out and this is not resourceful for me and this is just um you know this is just common sense courtesy in in a household sort of thing like where where do we where's that borderline where's that balance yeah great question so definitely having the awareness so is this impacting me am I doing this from a place of fear from a place of lack, from a place of frustration, or am I doing it from a place of love? So we're always either in fear, which is lack, or love where there's enough of everything. Mm. And again, it's about what are my values, what's important to me, and I actually need to share that with my husband or my partner when I am calm. So, and my children, if they're age appropriate to be helping, look, this is what I need to be able to, you know, feel appreciated be able to make dinner easily like you don't want to be stressed with dishes everywhere like that's going to cause stress if you haven't even dealt with breakfast dishes and you're at dinner time so it's definitely about respecting everyone's wishes in the household and it's about having those conversations not in the heat of the moment but when everyone's calm this is what I need you could help me by doing this specific task and, you know, with children and husbands and partners, it's not about, oh, my goodness, can you help me clean up? They are much better when we say, I would love you now to empty the dishwasher. A clear direction, we are much more likely to get a result from all of them um, rather than, can you please just help me? Because the thing is, they don't know what it is that we're wanting. So, before, Claire, what you said was perfect. I love the bench space to be clean and I like that done. So you know exactly what you want in your mind. Men think completely different to women. So women have this diffused awareness and we're thinking about everything that's going on with the dishes, dinner, the washing, do the kids have clean clothes? And men think about one thing. So they're going, okay, I'm thirsty, I'll go get a drink. And you're like, oh, my God, how can you walk past a dishwasher? 
because they're thirsty, they're getting a drink. Yeah. You know, they're single focus. So when we understand that, we can communicate much better. Great. Once you've got your drink, would you mind unpacking the dishwasher for me? Yeah. So, so I mean, it's so funny, isn't it? How we sort of, th- this conversation has naturally just kind of um, divulged into um, using a dishwasher as an example, but we can use that as a metaphor for anything, can't we? You know, like we're, it's it's the it's the um, act of knowing what's driving our frustrations or our behavior it's being able to clearly articulate our needs and then and then understanding what we need but also being able to ask for help with that as well I think that's another major thing isn't it that I'm, I'm sweeping generalization talking about women find it hard to ask for help I know that that is sweeping generalization but let's go with it how can we if we feel like, you know, we've got the weight of the world on our shoulders, we're running the household, we're doing all the kids stuff, the school stuff, the, the sports after school, the, you know, all of the normal household stuff on top of trying to run our business and, and trying to make a build our empire. Like where, where can we start in terms of articulating what it is that we need help with? Yeah, definitely. And we so do that because we love, how we are so able to multitask and get everything done. And, you know, it's about not wearing that badge of busyness as a badge of honour, like the busyness as a badge of honour. It's about really understanding that we need the time and space and energy to put into those things. So what is it in our life that we are, um, what's the most important thing to us? What are we prioritising? And what do we need to do to bring in that support to for us to really move forward if it is building our empire. So um, outsourcing, like getting someone to clean the house, getting someone to do some other household tasks, um, asking our partners if they can commit to, you know, two days of drop off and pick up with the kids. So then we don't have to finish work at 2.30 on those days and start at 9.30 or whatever that looks like. And you're right, Claire, it's asking Mm. And so many women I work with go, oh, my goodness, this all lands on me. But they've never actually had an honest conversation just to clearly ask, this would be really supportive. Could you pick up two days? I will do three days or whatever that looks like. This is what it would mean to me. They just presume the husband can't do it or the partner can't do it. And it's all left to them. So here again, we have a role in taking responsibility for that so what have we allowed Mm. what are we not discussing with our husbands or partners or children and what are we where are we not having those boundaries to support ourselves in our business because it always comes back to us it does doesn't it and and Mm. I have to say I'm gonna go go out there and say I have been I have been, I am extremely lucky to have the, the the husband that I do and the support that I do. And we had a we had a role reversal in, in our house. So when we first moved over to Tumut from Western Australia, after a few months, I went back to work full time and Terry stayed home as the as the sort of the home parent. And this was Kaya just started kindy, Tal was about 18 months old. And so we we had the role reversal and I found it incredibly hard to let go 
of all the household chores and the, um, the, the school chores and the shopping and the washing and the cleaning. And I would try and do everything still on top of my full-time job. And multiple times, um, you know, Terry would have conversations with me, would be like, you know, if you just told me that needed doing, then I could have done it through the day. Like you don't have to do this anymore. And so it was a real eye-opener to me how much, pressure and weight I was holding onto myself because I wasn't prepared to have the conversation about it. And I think, you know, that's a big lesson that I learned. I'm still not great at it. I'm still not great at asking for for help around the house, but I'm getting much better. And I've got Terry constantly reminds me, he's like, ask the boys to do that. Ask, Ask them for help to do that. You don't have to do it all. I think we just traditionally take on the role of we've got to do that. We've got to do this housework don't we but yet at the same time you know where that traditional kind of role might have come from back then women weren't growing businesses and creating empires and having for massive big full-time careers at the same time as well so we've, we've got to give ourselves a bit of slack as well don't we I think is where I'm going with that yeah absolutely so innately we are nurturers and we love keeping a house and we love providing that for our family and that's what we do naturally as women. So it definitely is an expectation. And, you know, some women really enjoy that aspect too. So when we do, it's kind of hard to give it up or when we feel like we do a great job of it. So it's hard to maybe even share that. But what I found working with a lot of women is their husbands and partners are more than happy to do it, but they do need the clear direction. Pop on a load of washing today. And they go, okay, cool. Um, we overthink it we think we're going to burden them we think they are not going to want to do it or the conversation is going to be difficult or we come up with all these reasons why it's not possible well by the the time I've thought about it all and given instructions I might as well just have done it myself or done it myself yeah exactly and we're going to overwhelm so then we kind of we can come in and you know say it abruptly or say it in the heat of the moment instead of creating those clear plans for the week and what that's going to look like So having a conversation with our partners and our children prior to the week or, you know, prior to things changing is such an investment. Sometimes we think, no, I don't have time to sit down and talk about all this. But when we can get a clear plan for our family, what everyone's responsibilities are, they know, we know, and we just need to remind them, remember, that's your task. Instead of going, why can't you do this? Like it's just, yeah, really working together. I think when you just when you were talking then what popped into my mind was you know let's say you know we're a business owner and we've got a team we've got staff we wouldn't just open the doors of our business um, and leave our stuff you know leave our team to it and not give them any direction not give them any boundaries not give them you know not give them any roles and then get shitty at them for not doing what we wanted to do. You know, we, we make it very clear. Well, like you start work at this time, you finish work at this time. While you're here, these are your tasks. This is what's expected of you. Um, if you need help, please ask. You know, we, we, we lay that all out and we, we plan all that out. So what makes us think that we can run our houses differently to that, I wonder? Yeah, exactly. It's such a great point. And I really feel like how we do anything is how we do everything. So if we can implement a great structure in our house, if we can have boundaries in our house, if we can have a clear direction of everyone's responsibilities in our house, we're going to be easily more able to do that in our business. 
Mm. But everything is a reflection of us. And yes, we're more likely to put that focus into business and people that work for us and all of that type of thing and kind of presume our family are going to read our minds. But it is necessary to do both, to do it in both areas. Yeah. Absolutely. It's funny, it's funny, isn't it? How, how, yeah, we can just kind of compartmentalize one area of our life and, to another and then behave completely differently and then get frustrated as to why we're getting different results. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of, we've been talking about like um, asking for help and getting support and um, physical sort of acts and, and how we can sort of improve our relationships around that by first being clear on what it is that we want and we need and then you know articulating that in a way that those around us can understand what about when the the challenges might be more you know mental challenges when when um say with our partners we're on completely different wavelengths um around how we think about business how we think about money how we think about um goals what we're driven by I mean, I know this is kind of a how long is a piece of string type question and there's probably so many nuances to it, but but what can we do to help ourselves feel more satisfied in those kind of relationships when we feel like we might be getting pulled one way by one person and another way by another person? What, what can we do to help sort of keep maintain our energy in those situations? Yeah, definitely. So understand that everyone's functioning from their level of awareness. So everyone's got their beliefs and understanding and even respecting what their beliefs are, what their wishes are, just as we would want them to respect what our wishes are and what our goals are. So they don't have to be exactly what ours are. And, you know, there is, we all have our own perception on what's right. And when we can come together in a partnership and actually share what we feel is right, understand what's their values are and their goals are what feels right for them I think the first thing here is understanding them respecting them and then we're going to get that same back Mm. Um, so it is common in families to have different ideas on different things and it's just about having those conversations of what am I making that mean or how is that making me feel because it's always how it makes us feel always Mm. and when we can understand that Um, And just knowing that the only reason we want anything in this world is to feel a certain way and we can access that feeling anyway. We can access that now. We don't have to wait for this person to be a certain way before we can feel a certain way. And when we're doing that, we're actually giving our power away to them because we're saying, unless you agree with me or unless you make your values like mine, I can't be me. I can't do life the way I'm choosing, the way I want to So unless they're actually stopping you in your tracks saying, no, you're not to do that, we're actually free to to do what we're wanting and to show them a new way. So it's the the most powerful thing we can do for our partners and our children is show them the way. They're not going to, you know, we can tell them things, but they're not going to do as we we say. They're going to do as we do. So Mm -hmm. it's our responsibility to go look what we can create, look what we can do and show them. Yeah. So, so powerful. And, and what I'm hearing in what you said just then is although I sort of switched the, switched the focus from um, physical acts of kindness, like you say, talking in love languages to, um, um, 
um, to, to mental and, and to thinking about things and priorities and things being different. But the, the fundamentals of what you've just said is exactly the same. It's about open and honest conversations, isn't it? And it's about, it's about tapping into how is this making me feel? Um, what am I making this mean? So I think, you know, if I'm taking away what you're saying correctly, it, it's about always making sure that we've got the communication lines open and that we're talking about things and that, you know, if if um, I've got one way of doing something and a partner has a different way of, of, of doing something, it's like, let's talk about this. Because chances are we both want the same outcome. Um, it's just we're so tunnel visioned that this is how I have to get to the outcome and theirs might be, no, this is how I have to get to the outcome. And, and we, we feel like we're going off on these completely different tangents. Whereas if we were actually to sit down and go, okay, what are we trying to achieve here and what's the best way that we can achieve it? we're probably going to find that our paths come back into alignment, aren't we? Absolutely. And generally it is the same thing that we're wanting. It is the same outcomes that we're wanting. And we do get so fixated on how we're going to get there. Yeah. And this is part of the control too. We're really controlling our journey and we've got this idea on what we need to do to get there. They've got their idea on how it works. And yeah, definitely the destination is generally the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really, I, I, I think that's a really, really key point, isn't it? You know, I'm thinking of, of, of situations where um, arguments keep coming, cropping up or, you know, um, styles of parenting is something else that I have a lot of conversations with, with, with clients and friends and, um, and, and people about is, is, you know, the two different parents can have completely different ideas on how we should parent, so to speak. And, and it can cause a lot of conflict. It can cause a lot of argument. It can cause a lot of upset. But again, ultimately, it's having those conversations, isn't it? And I know this is something that, that we've spoken about previously as well. You know, there can be one parent that can be very um, nurturing, wanting to talk things through, wanting to be supportive. And then another parent who's very, no, this is the line. They just crossed it. Therefore they get disciplined. And maybe the, um, maybe the solution is a nice harmony in the middle. So how, how can we, how can we come to that? You know, perhaps using the parenting styles as an analogy, but, you know, put, put your, if you're listening in, put your spin on it to your situation sort of thing. How can we bring differing um, priorities together? Yeah, great. So, of course, we're going to have different parenting styles and we go into parenthood thinking, oh, no, they'll probably parent like me because that's how I'm going to do it, whatever. And then we become very shocked, right, as time goes on and go, wow, this is really different. I didn't anticipate this. I thought we're just going to go through, do parenting like this harmoniously and there is some differences. So, We've got one person that's had one upbringing and we've got another person that's had another upbringing joined together then to bring up these children. So straight away, we have two people with two completely different experiences. It's never going to be the same. So firstly, we're taking away that expectation that they need to be like us. We need to let them be them. We need to understand they are them. We also need to understand where we are. So we are going to be triggered by our partner's parenting style. And the reason for this, if our partner has much more strict boundaries than what we do and we're triggered by that, there's a really good chance that maybe we don't have quite the boundaries that we require. There's a reason for that trigger. 
And what we can do as mums, I'm going to very generalise here as mums, sometimes we can overcompensate for the strict parent. They're strict, so now I'm going to be extra nurturing. I'm going to release more boundaries and I'm going to try and compensate for the strict parent. And this is not a great path to go down because we're giving ourselves away in this. We're mm-hmm. showing our children that you can just break down your boundaries because, and here it's the same thing again, because this person's doing this, I need to be a certain way. I need to now do it this way. It's not the truth. We need to maintain our parenting style. So yes, firm boundaries and the nurturing and a little bit of all of those things. It's important not to be too impacted by the parent with the stronger boundaries or whatever that looks like because we need to maintain that consistency for our children. Mm. So it's the, it's the, what I'm hearing there is that, um, and if my husband listens into this, he'll be like, see, I told you. <laughs> is that with the, there, ha- there has to be boundaries there and, and not having boundaries there isn't actually the, um, the kind thing to do, if you like. Again, imagining our team at work, not giving them, not giving them any job description whatsoever and just letting them freewheel and then, you know, wondering why they're feeling dissatisfied, we're feeling frustrated and everything's a mess and nothing's how we want it to be. You know, we have to be the ones as mums, as as bosses, as leaders, as business owners, as, as in whatever capacity we are in, we have to be the ones to set the boundaries, set the frameworks, set the parameters to understand what we want and be able to articulate what we need to those around us. Is, is that a, a sort of a summation of what I'm hearing through all of this conversation? Yeah, definitely. It's all our responsibility. So it's got to do with our self-worth too. If we don't feel like we're worthy to receive you know, what it is that we're actually wanting, we will just drop down and we'll start accepting you know, staff that aren't really doing what we're wanting, but we tolerate it. Children that aren't really doing what we're wanting, but we tolerate it. And it's about then again going, where am I at? What am I doing? Where's my confidence? Okay, no, I want more than that. Mm. And I'm going to expect more than that now. And yes, it's definitely about coming back to ourselves, figuring out where we are and creating that for ourselves. And obviously, if there is a differing approach with someone in the family. It's definitely having that discussion again if it feels really wrong or it makes you feel uncomfortable in the moment um, to definitely talking about that. But, yeah, maintaining that consistency across what we're doing is so important, not just for the people around us but for ourselves. And I think it's about parenting our children in a way that they're independent. So Mm. if mum just dropped off the earth one day for a week, they would be okay without us. And that's what I always have in the back of my mind. So when I feel like just doing everything for them, I go, no, if I just wasn't here next week for whatever reason, I'd actually want them to be able to find their clothes, to get their breakfast, to get their lunch boxes in their bags. I don't need to do all of those things for them. And they're going to feel more confident with their life when they can do that for themselves. 100%. 100%. And that, again, that translates through to our team at, in our business or at work as well, doesn't it? If, if, if we can set them up to be independent and not need us, then they're going to feel more fulfilled. They're going to feel more energized. They're going to bring more to their 
day, um, which in turn is going to take pressure off of us as the as the leader, as the business owner, um, and allow us more time to do the things that we want to do rather than feel like we have to micromanage um, like we would, you know, helicopter parents sort of thing. So I love the kind of the synergies between between parenting and, and, and leadership and, and business ownership as well. So you touched on something then that I just want to I just want to go into quickly before we wrap up. You mentioned um, you mentioned a situation where, um, you know, somebody might have such low self-worth that they've dropped all their boundaries and they're basically open. I, the way I visualize that as you were speaking was having people walk all over them. So maybe it's mm. having our kids walk all over us. Maybe it's have our staff walk, walk all over us. If there's someone listening to this thinking, holy shit, that's me. Um, where do we start? Because, you know, the, the, the knee-jerk reaction might be, right, wake up the next day or go into work the next day and be like, right, this is how things are now. And that might not be the most resourceful way of going about it either. So what, what are some of the steps of somebody who might be feeling like that to help reclaim that sense of self-worth and therefore reinstate those boundaries and have better relationships with those around them? Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's not about going in the next day going, right, we're going to change everything because that's like yo-yoing. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do all this one day, but it falls back down again. So it's always the tiny little things that have the greatest impact in our life. And it's about looking after ourselves. It's about understanding what we want. And it starts with simply what are we eating? What are we drinking? How is that making us feel? Am I exercising? What am I listening to? Who are the people that I am allowing to influence me? So mm -hmm. it's really taking stock of where we are in our life and slowly changing one thing at a time, building the belief that we can create change in our life, celebrating the success that we've had doing that, and then building momentum. So I would say, get up and go for a walk. That's probably my go-to. So when I'm not feeling great, I'm like, I haven't been walking. Mm. Walking energizes me. It gives me confidence. It gives me that knowing. And so understanding what is that for you? What have I done in the past that has made me feel better? Okay, how can I incorporate that into my day? And as overwhelmed mums, business owners, a lot of women experience overwhelm, they go, well, I don't have time for a walk. I don't have an hour spare in the morning. And I would say, great, go for five minutes. Yeah. Go for 10 minutes and come home. If meditating makes you feel great, do it for three minutes, but yeah. just do it. Just do it. Do gratitude while you're brushing your teeth. You don't have to sit and write it in a book. Do it while you're doing something else because that rewires our brain. That makes us feel better. That increases the belief that we have about ourselves and our life and what we've got in it. So it's all those very small things that build our self-worth that then allow us to put in those boundaries because we feel better. We feel more confident. Exactly. I love that. That is so powerful. I think that's a fantastic place to, to leave a conversation that like we could just keep going on and on and on with. But I think that's so powerful. And there's so many takeaways there for, for people listening in. So thank you so much. Lisa, if people want to um, follow you, find out more about what you do, where can they find you? So uh, social media, Facebook and Instagram, Lisa Marie, add me as a friend like my page I have two pages on both and I absolutely love connecting with women answering questions I also have a private group that's called the happy wife movement 
where I continually put in videos and ideas how to overcome overwhelm, how to understand our partners better, how to communicate, all of those tips. And it's a beautiful community where there's like-minded women who really share their challenges. So just knowing you're not alone is first and foremost the most important. So yes, I would love you to join that community if that feels aligned for anyone out there. Fabulous. Thank you so much. I'll post those links in the show notes to this episode as well. So it's all right there on hand for anybody who wants to jump on in. Thank you so much. It has been such an amazing conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Claire. Thanks for having me. How good was that? Oh my goodness. I got so much from that conversation and I trust you did as well. One of the big, big things that I took away from that was that responsibility lies with us. In our relationships, yes, there are two, at least two people in, in, the, in the family relationships, in the business relationships, in the friendship relationships, there are always at least two people. But if we are not happy with a relationship, the responsibility of that lies with us. Waiting for someone else to change is not the answer because in doing that, we are giving away our power and that's going to make us feel even worse about ourselves, even worse about the situation and is going to drag our energy down even further. So I loved that tip from Lisa, you know, the responsibility starts with us. So good. The, the second thing that I took away is the importance of boundaries. Now I bang on about um, boundaries and, um, and knowing what we need and knowing what we want a lot. But I think the context that she spoke to it about in this situation is so, so important because we can sometimes feel like, you know, I'm thinking about our team in our business or at work. I'm thinking about our family, our kids. By not having rules, by not having set frameworks, by not being strict and by not being rigid and controlling, then then that's us being nice. That's us being um, kind and supportive. But actually what I took away from that this conversation is that by not having those boundaries, by not having those frameworks, it's actually the complete opposite because as human beings, we need structure. We need frameworks to sit between. So if we don't have any rules in our household and our kids can run the roost, they are going to think what the hell is going on when mum just flips off the handle and the exact same situation happens in our workplaces as well. So if we don't set the rules, if we don't set the expectations, if we don't set the roles and the standards, we've got no rights to then fly off the handle when things aren't done how we want them to be done. So I think there's a really cool balance between being completely strict and regimented and, you know, controlling to being completely free and flexible and lapsy-daisy. And we owe it to ourselves to instill some boundaries and instill some frameworks. I think that's that's really great advice there. And I think the thing that um, probably stood out to me the most um, from this conversation is the importance of conversations. You know, we cannot expect people to mind read. So whether this is people within our professional environment, our social environment, our family environment, we cannot expect people to mind read. And 
if we are finding that we are being triggered by something repeatedly, if we are feeling something repeatedly, if we're having arguments about something repeatedly, then that is cue to us to instigate a conversation. Because chances are, the other person is feeling just as frustrated from the other side of that exchange. So we probably want to be in the same place. Um, us and the other person probably want to be in the same place. We just, as I said in this episode, we're blinkered into our way of getting there. So if we're finding that we are having the same arguments, the same frustrations, the same triggers come up again and again and again, then that is great feedback to us to have a conversation, grow up, suck it up, and actually talk about what we can both do to improve the situation. I think it's a such such an impact. An an empowering, important, valuable skill that we can build. Now, Lisa is going to be continuing this conversation in the Real Life Business Hub in June. So Lisa will be running a session on the 21st of June at 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So if you have loved this conversation and want to be there on a live Q&A session with her to ask any questions that you have about this episode or to dig deeper into some of the strategies that you can use to improve your relationships in your professional or personal life, then send me a message over on Insta at clairemarquick.reignite or you can shoot me an email at claire at reignitepc.com.au and I will hook you up with all you need to know about getting into that hub session. You have been listening to the Real Life Business Podcast with me, Claire Marquick, bringing confidence, clarity, and calm to the busy mum in business. Thank you so much for lending me your ears. It is much appreciated. And I love to connect with you. I love to hear what you think and what you take away from these conversations. So what would be awesome for you to do right now is take a screenshot of wherever you are listening to this episode from and share it to your Instagram stories, tagging me at claremarkwick.reignite. And let's share this real life business message. Let's share this message that we can have the business that we want, the lifestyle that we want, and it doesn't have to drive us crazy in the process. I will be back in your ears really soon. And until then, bye-bye.